just feel like the more happiness you bring into your home, your relationship, your children, your work environment, it's just, it's, it's the opposite of depression, which is the state of, you know, the state of that we are in with the pandemic and onward. It's the opposite of selfish because to be happy, you're doing something for someone else or with someone else. And the opposite of selfish is to help others. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast brought to you by Carnivera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business and grow your life. We have a very special guest today in Lisa Caprelli. She is the creator of something called Unicorn Jazz. What that is, is she's a speaker, songwriter, book writer, show producer, that all based upon this unicorn jazz concept, which is about puppets. It's about fun and playfulness and learning. She goes out and speaks to children, but her message is a message for adults and leaders everywhere. We're gonna to talk today about the importance of something called social emotional learning, not only for our children, but in our workplace. And the foundation of Lisa's message is that we need to have more fun, entertainment, happiness, and playfulness in business and in leadership. She's gonna talk about how vital it is to choose kindness in building great teams the role of entrepreneurial mindsets, even if you're not an entrepreneur. She's gonna talk about why fun matters in creating more impactful learning experiences. She's gonna talk about everything that we've typically put aside in business, particularly this role of fun and playfulness, and remind us that playfulness and fun is not just about things we do outside of work, but how do we bring more happiness, fun, and playfulness into our work experience? Leadership Junkies podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We are excited to be back here, and this is going to be a unique conversation because in, I don't know how these are going to roll out, probably within a few days of each other. We had a guest yeah. earlier this week who was talking about empowering young people and some of his camps and conferences for this, and today we have Lisa Caprelli with us, and Lisa is talking to us today ultimately about um, wisdom and young entrepreneurial minds. Hmm. And this is going to be, I, this is one of those episodes, you know, we would love to have video every time. I really wish we did. If you could see Lisa's background, it is playful. <laughs> it's about stories, story time. Uh, she does a lot of work with kids. She has a passion for working with kids. She has certainly had an interesting journey in her life. Uh, started in El Paso, Texas. She says she's very proud of her Latin roots. She's excited that she now lives her dream of living near the ocean in Huntington Beach, California. And she goes around to schools and works with educators, uh, creating these incredible experiences for young people. Uh, and she teaches it through art, reading, writing songs. And when we got on, uh, before we got on the air, Craig made the comment, oh, wow, this looks really fun. That's what this is about. This is going to be about storytelling. It's going to be visual conversation. Uh, with all of us. And she's got a fascinating marketing career, 10 plus careers in radio show programming, podcast, 26 years in marketing and creating brands. And she has created something called Skip a Step 
imparting wisdom for young entrepreneur minds. She's been a Forbes contributor, Forbes magazine, ABC News, you know, name it. She's been on the outlet. And this is the fun part. She's a speaker, songwriter, author. She's written 18 books. We've got Unicorn Jazz presents in here, a show on Amazon <laughs> TV. I mean, this is like Playland today. Right. And we're I know the conversation is going to exceed all of this introduction. So just skipping ahead now, uh, welcome Lisa Caprelli. Thank you. Thank you. And I know you said it's audio only, but I brought my Unicorn Jazz plush friends. And behind me is my puppets, Unicorn Jazz, Tracy Gee. And um, it's so fun. I'm. It makes everybody smile because, you know, we were all once kids and and going back. And now as a, a grown adult, being able to put on my seven year old hat almost daily, it's it's a lot of fun. And I think it's important to give back to the younger generation. If you can, I often say they are our future and we were once them. <laughs> I often say that I, I refuse to grow up, but I realize I don't play quite the same way I used to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and I have to say, since you can't see it, folks, you not only Lisa not only had a unicorn, but it has a beautiful purple mane. And you know, know <laughs> I love my purple here. So we don't quite have a purple unicorn, but oh, there we go. She's showing us the cover. Unicorn of her book. Jazz has a, a purple, yes, hair, a music note for a tail. I did that on purpose because. As you said early on, um, the, my Unicorn Jazz brand encompasses all uh, educational entertainment, kind of like the days of Sesame Street. It was a combination of video, song, you know, story. And who knew that all the things that I learned growing up would help me do what I do now as, <laughs> as it does in life. But I did, um, I created, before I did Unicorn Jazz, as you said, I had a 26 year plus in marketing, branding, PR, representing hundreds and hundreds of CEOs. and. Um, leaders helping their vision, you know, go to a higher level. That's what you do with marketing. You discover your target audience. You, you know, write messages. You do videos today to enter social media today. I wrote a book about social media. This is all before Unicorn Jazz. It was called Color Your Message, The Art of Digital Marketing and Social Media. Because remember, um, social media wasn't prevalent, you know, when I moved to California 20 years ago. Back then we were doing radio advertising. Back with the yellow pages. I mean, technology has grown at such a rapid pace. And I knew when my friends and said, oh, Twitter, that thing is, you know, it's going to go away. And I was like, no, it's not. And so I, I had to educate what I call the digital dinosaur so that I could keep on marketing <laughs> their businesses. <laughs> That's great. Well, you, you, you shared a quite a bit there, Lisa, about your background. I'm sure more will come out in the storytelling. Yeah. So tell us about the shift, though. You're this corporate marketing branding specialist that I would call a shift. Now you're this creator of story time yeah. in all sorts of different media focused yeah. on kids. Tell us about how that happened. You know, I, I didn't know that I get to do what I was when I was young. I grew up really shy, you know, all throughout school, elementary, up to high school, even probably college, I was shy like my character, Unicorn Jazz. So I do put in my personality and some of the characters or, or my, I take from people I know and put them in my storytelling. Um, I, I often say growing up shy, my only voice was on paper. That was my expression, you know, and obviously, as we know, as adults, that communication, the art of communication is there's so many ways to communicate. And so growing up, I didn't know that my writing was going to be in my 
thesis and my essays in when I enter business and I became the the one that did the brochures and inter marketing, inter entrepreneurship, you know, doing a radio sec, a 60 second radio ad, you got to write it. You've got the writing has to be so compelling. So those are the things that I learned along the way. Marketing, we doing someone's website that I would look at it and say, that doesn't convey what you're supposed to be doing, <laughs> you know, to create a video, a storyboard, a video. If you, you know, any great movie started with writing. So when I'm asked, what is the one thing that you've learned in life that you would recommend to everyone? I say writing. I don't see it any other way. So I've been writing, you know, um, and curious and very interested since I was seven, no different than a musician who's been playing since they've been seven. Right. So I have, I don't know, 20, 30,000 hours of writing by now. I can write really fast mm -hmm. and in helping um, other businesses fulfill their dreams in, in marketing their business or platform to a higher level. Um, I created skip a step to, you know, uh, I went on a two and a half year journey researching, asking questions like, what would you tell your younger self, your 21 year old self, your seven year old self? It wasn't about like, how do you make a lot of money? It was how would you skip steps, you know, and tell your younger self, tell the, the, the younger generations things that you've learned so that there could, you know, if someone wants to be an entrepreneur or a leader, support a great entrepreneur, the things that they would have to know, because I wish I had grown up with this. I grew up with no one entrepreneurial in my family. I grew up really poor. The odds were getting. Yes, me being Hispanic family, my mom was a single mom raising five kids. My grandmother had just a third grade education. Mm -hmm. So for me, being I'm a super learner, as you can tell, and as we all should be learning for life. And um, in 2018, I had helped enough businesses do what they love, grow to a high uh, level of success. And it was like my term. What is it that I want to do? What is it that I want to do till the day I die? That's fun that's playful, that makes a difference. And it was write children's books. <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa, when you talk about this, it's, you know, clearly your energy comes through. I just wonder, and in that skip a step, has anybody ever said you don't need to go to college? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's lots of people that didn't go to college. Um, I, yeah. uh, it's, it's, you kind of, can figure it out. I mean, to the cost of college. So I think some people can go start their own, their own business. You know, you want to get a mentor and things like that, but you know, college costing upwards of 150,000 or more, you can use that to, to, to do what you love. You know, if you, if that's you, again, not everyone's meant to yeah. be an entrepreneur, Sure. but definitely, you know, we grew up in an age where people have a passion or idea and they can grow it into something that reaches an audience. And that's a business. You're solving a problem. You're helping someone. Yeah. And it's, I think going down a path that may be non-traditional is, is really good. So I love the idea of your book of, you know, what's, what steps can I skip to get to where I really want to go? Well, and Lisa, you, I want to talk about this. You know, you, pre you predominantly work with kids. Your message is technically to kids. But as I'm listening yes. to this, I'm sensing that there's this element of, hey, adults, let's bring more of this fun and entertainment and playfulness 
into business and leadership. Am oh, I- yes. I'm so glad you picked up on that. Yeah, because and my books aren't adults love reading them because they again, they know my background and they're, you know, like, how did you change? You know, why children's books? I get asked many times. Two reasons when I get asked why children's books, because mind you, before 2018, I would say I was typecast in business and marketing world, going networking, putting on my, you know, business dress, going, you know, you know, you know, traveling with alongside CEOs different than I am now going into schools now, you know, I speak to the whole school's virtual zoom or in person. And, you know, I have to be like a kid. I put on my unicorn headband and I really like (laughs) a kid with knowledge teaching them. Um, And so when people ask me why children's books, there's two reasons. One is it was a way for me to revisit my childhood. And I want to stay corrected, if you will, but like, what are things that I wish as a speaker, what can I empower the children to grow up to do? And it's that when you're in school, what are you doing? You're all, all your grade school, you're, you're getting taught different core, you know, lessons and subjects about what are you going to do when you grow up, right? You're going to learn, am I going to be a math person? Am I going to be a scientist? Am I going to go into medicine? Am I going to be an artist? Am I going to be a writer? So that's why I created the book, The Thing I Do, because I wish as a young child, someone would have said, if you want to be an author and that's your thing, you should you should do more of that. If you want to be an artist like my cousin, it was his dream to be a published illustrator. And it happens. To, so happens that he's my cousin. And the <laughs> thing he does is he and he gets to do this a lot now. And he illustrated um, your book. That's awesome. Yeah. Singers. Singing is, is a part of my platform. Guess what? Sing, the professional singers, they love. That's the thing they do. So in schools, it's not so much and not everyone's going to be an author. I know that, but it's about getting them excited that they should continue to learn in and and love the interest in any of those fields. Like I said, because if someone's telling these younger people, I wish I was them, how my whole life would have changed. And I, I, I you know, you can't go back, but I wish I was doing now this at 20 years old, you know. Yeah. And so is this really primarily focused on the arts? No, it's on it's on um, my presentations are about team building. It's about being kind to one another. My book, Mm -hmm. I see you choosing kindness because you as you grow up, you're going to need people on your team like you have a team. You too. You have to be kind to one another. My business has happened because of other people helping me. It's Mm -hmm. I'm just a spokesperson. I had to learn how to speak. Used to be terrified. I had to learn all these things. And, and that's what you invest in your life you, in courses or helping other people, that kind of thing. But for me, it's I teach this, you know, science, technology, um, engineering, the arts, math, all those go hand in hand. And they all really support one another, kind of like it does with my show that's now on Amazon and, and an app called Kids Be the thing I do. And at the end, I know it's audio, um, your podcast, but I'll just show up to you and describe it. So at the end of, of the thing I do book, and there's also a song called the thing I do, it's, it's showing like, um, here's a narwhal Nayali showing um, she's painting art and there's a Dr. Chris, he's an owl, you know, with, you can see, you know, with a stethoscope and, and I tell kids, maybe you're going to be like Sam the snake here who likes to bake. There's a picture of him baking so that they grow <laughs> up and they get that's we all need. Don't we need all these people today? Kind of, you know, we need the scientists. We need the technology, the podcaster. We need the teacher. So it's about looking at everyone's perspectives and appreciating them, because oftentimes in life, childhood or adult, it's easy to just take the all eyes on me. Right. Kind of like the selfish. But you have to look at other viewpoints in life. And that's what makes the world go round. 
Well, it's interesting. You you talk about this entrepreneurial mindset, and so many people see entrepreneurial mindset as entrepreneurship. And I found they're very different. And I was involved in a nonprofit, I don't know how long ago. The guy's concept was he was an entrepreneur and he said, let's teach entrepreneurship to young people, not necessarily to be entrepreneurs, but because entrepreneurial skills are life skills and vice versa. And that's what people think. It's not about entrepreneurship. It's It's a mindset. So talk about that mindset element that you share with these kids. No, I love that you said said that because it's really about communication. It's about knowing human behavior. If you have a team or a staff, which you, you're going to kind of have that in, in your business. And how do you communicate with people? How do you make them happy? You know, happy employees make for a happy company. Disgruntled what? employees make you're for crazy talk. stressful. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all of these things. And and I've because I've worked with so many um, variety of businesses, you know, if I were to go in and and start, you know, taking on their marketing or branding, I, I would get to know the people. and. I sometimes you kind of realize that there was problems within the organizations and if they're not happy, well, it's going to be hard to grow. So a lot of that, my background is social psychology. So automatically I'd go in, I want to say like as a a business therapist, seeing, you know, having the trust of people telling you what's really going on, then reporting to the CEO, not knowing what's going on because they're afraid of that, you know, that level, that difference. And um, so it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to, to be an entrepreneur. Like you said, entrepreneurship, you hit it right on the button. I've never heard anyone say that. So I like that. So if you know that in building a department, if you're a leader and you're responsible for people and then entrepreneurship, it comes with lifelong learning of people. We're designed to have relationships with people. We're not robots yet i don't know maybe one day you know we all will be only working with robots but until until (laughs) then until then we are we have feelings we have emotions and all that goes into in the business workplace well one of the things i love about this which translates to kids and adults is you're being bringing the idea of playfulness and fun to education of kids Mm-hmm. And I can't remember where we, we've heard a guest recently said it. I'm not going to quite quote research, but I know there's data out there that says one of the ways we learn most is when we're having fun. Right. And, mm-hmm. but as adults, most adult learning, frankly, doesn't have a lot of fun. Boring. It. It's boring. Right? <laughs> and so is a lot of children's education. Yeah. So talk yeah. about the importance and role of fun. And it's so important. Learning. It's so important. When I go into schools and I show my being happy book and I'm going to describe it, let's see if I have it handy here. Um, it's full art of what makes people, you know, makes you happy. And there were pages growing up for me. Here it is. Um, and at the end, adults are saying, well, this makes me happy going out in nature, going to the beach. Um, you know, I said, this was me when I was young and I'm holding a picture up of of unicorn jazz and an elephant, a gorilla and a crow, they're dancing. And dude, many of us like to dance and sing. When we were younger, we all like make believe, but why do we have to stop as adults? And, and <laughs> you know, so when I have adults share, they're the thing I do videos with sometimes go on our, our social media or show. It's so much fun. It's I'll tell you at first, the, the more they're removed from that childish self, the the more I actually have to work with them. The right they'll send me a video and then it's so like Paul, like for they're they're talking to an older person. And then I just have to say, 
okay, pretend right now that you are seven and you're talking to seven-year-olds. <laughs> How will you talk? How will your message be different? And it just changes night and day. I love working with kids because I don't have to tell a kid, pretend you're seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, one thing I just heard in there, I heard an idea came into my head of, you talked about make-believe. Yeah. And what if you had in your companies regularly had make-believe sessions? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that because that to me speaks of, you know, people want to call it innovation, but just make believe you could do anything. Well, business right. plans are, are science fiction, right? <laughs> so. right. And and watch how much fun. The more, I mean, the happier you are, the reason I wrote being happy, and it's being happy is such a part of our brand, especially since the pandemic. One thing I said, well, I created a show with puppets and silliness, is I said, what we can do is bring happiness to children, which the more any of us are happy, the more it's going to pour over into your life and Absolutely. influence. Um, I, I found because, again, I was predominantly working in the business world and the stress that comes with responsibility of adulting. Right. Um, <laughs> I find I find that that um, they, they've lost their, their young, their young self. And it's yeah. really sad. And uh, and that's but that's what happens. So to having that awareness to, like you said, how do we make our company playful. Maybe you, you get involved with the nonprofit that's, that's, you know, children based Love or it. team based, Yeah, you know, do something to bring that, that fun self, because I'll tell you, everyone who works with me and around me, even if it's someone new in my life, they just want to work. They, they will volunteer their time to do the things that I do because they see how much fun it is. And, and who doesn't want to have fun? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, I mean, having fun is a big part of being happy. And, and like we were talking about before, who doesn't want to be happy, right? You know, I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's just been the last couple of days. And maybe it's because I was somehow connecting with you because I knew you were going to be a guest. I, I actually either, I think I had a dream about fun. It was kind of a business dream, which is weird. I was thinking about in business, people are always, oh, there we go. Unicorn being happy guy. is being on this podcast right now. Yeah. That's be happy. <laughs> people in companies are often saying, let's do something fun. As if fun is not about the work. Yeah. They don't talk about how do we make work fun. Yeah, that's great. We got to go have fun. Yeah. And yeah. I thought it's, it's sort of like people trying to find, you know, their purpose and saying, I've got to go do something else. Well, maybe almost, it's just a matter of doing it here. I know. I'd almost, I just, I want to make a contest for businesses that make what's, what are you doing? That's fun. It's, that becomes happy. And I would love to do a contest like that. I always like that. I like, I just feel like the more happiness you bring into your home, your relationship, your children, your yes, work yeah. environment, it's just, it's, it's the opposite of depression, which yep. is the state of, you know, the state of that we are in with the pandemic and onward. It's the opposite of selfish because to be happy, you're doing something for someone else or mm. with someone else. And yep. the opposite of selfish is to help others. Um, so I, I think for me, it's so important because I do know, I do know growing up what it was like to maybe be in a depressed state of mind or to know what it's like to have without, I know the concept of being told no, versus yes and and i just i really being in this world all the time and you know waking up i could have had a bad day yesterday but then i wake up and i have to speak to you know thousands of kids and bring out all these things that i've been showing you it's how can i not be happy like i'm not gonna oh i'm fake happy right now you know <laughs> so good 
Uh, you know, timing is everything because I'm also realizing that over the weekend, I think it was on Sunday, my girlfriend's son and I watched the movie Big. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Which is so much, but I'm realizing a lot of that was too. I mean, certainly he was a kid, but he was also bringing this playfulness, this kid stuff yes. to, to work and people didn't like it. For the most part, they didn't like it. They wanted him to be serious and business-like. And I think, what would it be like today if someone showed up tomorrow and said, tomorrow, what is it called, Unicorn Jazz? If someone showed up tomorrow and listened to this and said, I'm going to show up in a state of Unicorn Jazz tomorrow at work yeah. and just did whatever that meant for them, yeah, how would they be received? Oof. Right. Oh yeah. No, in the business, you know, stuffiness, like, no, the big is a great example. That is a great example. And how can you not, how can you watch that movie and, and not want to be reignited, reignited with that, you know, playful, youthful self. And we all love being young. I often say like being young was, is probably the best time in life that doesn't come with responsibilities, bills, yeah. you know, and then you grow up and like I said, you, you've got an adult and, and it's, I just think that, we need to encourage people to play, to be happy, connect with other people in that area. And I, I don't know. I'm an how advocate. Much it, how, how much of it comes down to actually setting aside time to do that? Because when I, when I think yeah. about happiness, to your point, Jeff, I love what you said about let's make work. Let's make the work that we do fun. And part of that is what's the attitude we're bringing to it. But then the other part is, okay, how do I set aside that time to recharge, to get into a creative state, to, you know, be in that happy place so that I can bring all of my skills to, to bear? I, I think you almost need to find the purpose first, or, you know, it might be okay. kind of weird if all of a sudden tomorrow, you know, you bring to your office desk a, a puppet and, you know, you start having fun with it, but that's what I did. And then I had everyone it, yeah. around me create puppets and, and they said, we don't know why we're doing this, but we're supporting you, Lisa. And, and again, we had a lot of fun doing that. Um, and he, this, this is just a sock puppet. I'm holding up a, you know, typical sock is ugly right now, but I still keep it because it's a memento. We use this at the beginning of the pandemic with green screen. He came up with be happy. It's on the show. You guys should really watch it. It's, it's on, <laughs> I'm on TV You'll, just because you're going to see the adult behind the scenes. And so I got my family member in the pan, beginning of pandemic, everything was locked down fast, right? You couldn't go to Michael's and buy, you know, the art supply store and buy things to make puppets. So, um, I had my different family members, different parts of the country, create little homemade videos with puppets. So this is Unicorn Jack and he he's in Happiness News in all my episodes. And forever I'm going to keep him because it shows how silly it is. <laughs> but he comes up and says, I'm uh, Unicorn Jack and this is Happiness News. And what Happiness News do we, do we have today, Unicorn Jazz? And Be Happy comes out on a stick with a green screen. And it's... It, honestly, every time I play it, I, I have fun. I want more. It's like I want to create more <laughs> series because people like them. The best have made the show on Amazon TV. And then there was a lot of really not good ones, but I still have those are on YouTube. But yeah, so in saying like, how do you how does someone change and invite that into their workplace or home that's new? Yeah, you're going to be looked at weird if you all of a sudden you do this. So th there has to be some kind of like three point um, entry process. I don't you guys can develop that. Know, sometimes you just got to jump into it. I will say back back in the day when I was running the children's ministry at our church, I would, I would come in with puppets and, you know, be dressed up as the big dog or whatever it was. But whenever I would show up around the kids and I was engaging with them. 
the parents were engaged too. So it's not like they're, they're immune to this stuff. No, I mean, it just takes one person to, to change and lead the way. I mean, I, I was definitely the one that, that led the way. Nobody else was going to do this, you know, and my family, they had fun now looking at the, at the, um, uh, you know, archives of some of them. One of my nephews um, made a, a puppet video. It was actually really well done um, about the, the pop puppet. Okay, we got to edit this out. Sock, it's a sock puppet prodigy, something. It was a Christian-based little puppet skit. Anyways, a lot of fun. Well, to your point, Craig, I was thinking as you were showing us the, the sock puppet, Lisa, I was imagining, imagine someone at work tomorrow comes into a meeting and starts off the meeting with a sock puppet. No explanation. <laughs> just starts doing something. And they would probably be viewed, frankly, in most places. Well, I would say this. In many places, they would be viewed as, what the hell are you doing? Right. You're not being serious. You're wasting time. But I would also envision <laughs> that there would be organizations, I think some of them have been on our show, Yeah. or even if they've never seen that before, people would laugh and and get engaged in it we should yes. do a contest with all your former guests and they will they will get to be on um, the thing i do show <laughs> well actually what you need to do is when you're in that next meeting and there's this heated debate you just kind of reach under the table and you pull out the puppet you're like okay so what yeah. would bob say <laughs> right well yeah. in fact, you know you could do craig i just i just had an idea what is a topic that does actually come up in many meetings the issue going on is the team or the group, there's a gorilla or an elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. <laughs> so instead of having to take that difficult you opener, you pull out the elephant puppet. You yep. know, sort of the Mrs. Doubtfire voice of, throw oh it right God, in the middle. The gorilla's <laughs> in the room. <laughs> what are we going to do? I mean, maybe they're their mascot on their social media from now on. You know, you. I mean, there's so much fun you can have. Like you think of like Affleck, right? With that silly duck and, you know, those commercials. Billions but, of dollars later. Right. I mean, I just, I, like I said, I, I'm very grateful that my life purpose and, and God's blessing has been now what I do. Even though my target audience in my work is children, you know, the adults have to buy them. The teachers have to opt in. So I, thankfully, my life has been working with adults because I know how to communicate to them and, and give the curriculum and activities that I do beyond my books. And then the children. Um, so it's really been a life blessing for a girl who grew up shy and, and for a girl that felt like she didn't matter growing up that I really have. I learned to speak to all ages. And I thank you, God, because I had no clue this was going to happen. Hmm. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. I've been a Beta Gamma Sigma member for the last 20 years. If you're looking to hire, the right candidate is closer than you think. Beta Gamma Sigma is the International Business Honor Society, exclusively for students at the top of their class in the top 5% of business schools in the world. BGS members are academic achievers, skilled leaders, and experienced problem solvers, and their skills and experience extend beyond the classroom. They hold chapter leadership positions, attend global business summits, complete ethics trainings, and engage in world-class internships with top corporations. When you hire a Beta Gamma Sigma member, you are truly hiring the best in business. For more information, email bgshonors at betagammasigma.org to learn more about how to hire BGS members. Welcome back. 
Well, I want to go back to something you brought up, Craig, and I think this is a fun, a really important shift that needs to happen. You're talking about making time for fun. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, that assumes that fun is separate from work. Right. Right. And that's part of it. But also, we've had a couple of guests talk about that a lot of really um, insightful leaders today have realized that the reality is they're not going to get eight hours of all pure work from their people. Sure. And the reality is if you get five good hours from someone, mm -hmm. that's a really good day. Not because we're changing our standard, but the realities of the day. So other, in other words, those other things are not really lost time. They're just a different reframing of that time. So start with an hour of play, end with an hour of play, and have play sprinkled in the, in the between. Exactly. <laughs> you don't you have go. time to play. You don't have time to have fun. If you don't have time to have fun, what's the point? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think there's some real fun. You're, you're highlighting, Lisa. I mean, you're again, as you said, your focus is on this messaging for kids. But everything you've said feels like a message to adults, 100% of it. Well, I'm, thank you for saying that, because I, I forget being in the space, I say, but I, I do know that the adults that get to know the work, they, they love it. They love that they can watch Unicorn Jazz on, on YouTube, come to live with the voice recording artist, and that's the thing she does with the song. Um, I have 10 songs that I've created now. That I have a full album. I just came out with the book, Help and Give Back. I'm so proud of that, full of art, like like being happy with unicorn jazz on ways that all of us can help and give back into society, which goes into that fun factor, whether it's, um, you know, I do a lot of book donations for different children's charities, like the hospital orphanages. Recycling is a way you help and give back, You're holding the door for someone. It could be helping someone with technology. You all are helping and giving back by providing the podcast and teaching and learning for people. So there's different ways. And I just... I feel like during the pandemic and onwards, because I saw so much one-on-one -on -one conversations of, of the of the unhappiness, of the stress, and you know we can focus on the doom and gloom, or we can say what can be our part to raise our happiness level. What can we do with our God-given skill set that each one of us does have mm -hmm. to help those around us? Whether it's one person, a thousand people, a million people, I I feel like if you do that, you're going to be happy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing well, how much when you when you give, you really receive so much. I'm, I'm curious, uh, Lisa, especially during the pandemic, because it's just been a unique time. It just has. And we know that the pandemic, we don't know all the impact, but we know that one of the impacts is we've got a rise in mental health issues. We've got a rise in anxiety levels, a rise in fear levels, a rise in depression levels in adults. And I'm curious, are you seeing that in the kids? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, absolutely. And, in, and in what ways is your approach helping to address that? Yes, uh, because I do talk to different educators, teachers, all different parts of the country, you know, that, you know, going back, especially this year, you know, schools that went back into session with restrictions and, and then the kids that were out of school that time, you know, a year, year plus, um, just the reaction has been, it's so sad what we're seeing. It's, it's really, you know, their kids are behind in, in their milestones, mm -hmm. especially the younger ones. I have a son at 16. He was, he did, you know, online social distancing. 
but he already had a platform basis. I, I really think if I yeah. had an elementary school kid today, I would one homeschool them still. <laughs> and it would, it's just really disheartening. It's it, it, what I have heard, the data that I've heard and um, is the school kids that were in private schools or, or religious private schools, they have done better. Um, and, and that's because at home, maybe they were singing more, they were, you know, it's just a different, different, you know, way. And again, this is across the board. I'm not saying I, I'm not here to, to, I'm not qualified to give the whole research for the whole country, but I, I see it. It's a hard time to be a teacher. You have to be a therapist. And a lot of teachers say, we, we're not even going to teach. We're going to just, we're going to play. We're going to involve with emotions and feelings because there's something called social emotional learning that almost all schools mandate today, especially since the pandemic. Hmm. My books are categorized in a social emotional learning platform, which means working and dealing with feelings and emotions, happiness, sadness, empathy, you know, understanding other people's point of views. If you can't do this at an early age, teachers can't teach. Try teaching someone that's happy, kind of, again, workplace, happy, fun, disgruntled, stressful, despair. So to that point, I, 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 want, I do want to ask this question, Lisa, and we talked a little bit about it just this week with another guest. In addition to the challenges of the pandemic, which has an impact on kids, we say it doesn't, but it does and in all sorts of ways. And they've also been exposed to the realities of all the social justice issues and all the divisiveness. We say, well, they're not oh, yeah. adults. They're not in those conversations, but they're experiencing the energy of it. They hear about it as well as the violence issues. Mm -hmm. No, we just had another school shooting. These are tough conversations with kids. Mm. I'm curious to what degree has some of your work been addressing some of these topics, but for kids? And frankly, maybe yeah. they may not need to have the same message for adults. Yeah, no, I mean, adults need social emotional learning. All of us do. There's times that I, I still need it. I mean, gosh, I am far from perfect and constantly making mistakes and got to take responsibility. Uh, I find that the kids do love it. Um, you, you know, I don't get to pull every single one of them, but you know, in, in early this year in 2021, when really pretty much the world was virtual zooms and I was doing virtual zoom author visits, um, I knew how much they were hurting at home. Um, overall, I just said, well, if I have 45 minutes, to, to bring on a, what I would call an experience, almost like a movie it's been called because I come up with my puppets. I show, thanks to Zoom, I could show a five minute video that's part of my show. I'll, you know, I'm not just one-on-one, -on -one, you know, like boring, that would never be me. You know, I make it very, you know, educational, kind of like Sesame Street, like on the, on the, and the kids are excited. I play a song that's a music video and they're raising their hands and they're involved and, and engaged. Um, so again, Every school's different. Every teacher's classroom's different. It's it's just it's just been a hard time overall. And and teachers are figuring out. There's a lot of good teachers out there that are that are doing you know multimedia ways of teaching. You know and and that use social emotional learning in the classroom again, working with feelings and emotions. So it's going to be different for everyone. You don't know what someone's home circumstances are. You don't know if a family right. is going through divorce. You don't know if someone got COVID, maybe there's death, you know, all these things. It's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a very, the aftermath of COVID, I think it's going to be seven to 10 years aftermath and, and what, you know, it just, what's to come. And, and it's, you know, I just, all I do is God use me to continue to bring, you know, children and adults happiness and, and 
influence as much as I can, knowing that you cannot possibly help the world. Yeah. Well, I'm going to maybe put you on the spot here, Lisa. And maybe you've been asked this question before. Maybe you haven't. But I want you to imagine that you are right now talking to thousands of CEOs, business owners, mm -hmm. heads of organizations mm -hmm. who have navigated the times you've been talking about. And they're sitting here going, this is about kids and puppets and books. <laughs> What's the core message you would share to them with them that says, here's what you can take away from this to make yeah. your company and your people better? Yeah, excellent question. I would say it's a, it's a dynamic and a great time to be alive today. And if you're a business owner that has navigated the technological and innovative landscape, and you have the ability to pay it forward and help the younger generation, whether the younger generation is teens for you or children, that it's important to to help them. They're, they're one, we were once them. Two, they're going to grow up and be the future leaders. They're going to grow up and, and work in our companies. We need to keep, keep them happy. We need to teach. We need to lend our lifelong skills decades. I mean, look at, I have decades of experience. You two have decades of experience. And if you were to pinpoint what is each one in your organization, what is their experience that you can do to help get involved with the charity? Find something that you all can agree on as a company, depending on how big um, your organization is. Maybe you get involved with three charities. Do other give back work within your organization throughout the year and watch your organization change. Watch yourself change because, yes, it's great to have a company that's thriving and you know profitable. But if we all did our part to humanistically help one another, help another human being, I say the younger generation because that's what I represent, but maybe it is seniors, but help other people get outside yourself. You're supposed to do it anyway. You're supposed, the more rewards you, you make, the God says reward other people in your life and that's helping other people. So how, ask yourself, how are you helping? How are you making some difference in the world in helping people? It doesn't have to be monetary. Such a simple message. And maybe that's the, the key here to keep it simple. Um, I'm curious, um, you've used the word happiness a lot. Yeah. And the cynic part of my brain, I mean, I believe it, but the cynic part of me goes, you would have a lot of business owners say, wait a minute, what does happiness have to do with this? Right. But actually, as I say that out loud, I think a lot of them would say, I think I have, I'm happy all the time. I think I have fun all the time. But I'm not sure right. there are people would say that. Yeah, no. I do. You worked in organizations with CEOs. Did you find there was this disconnect yes. between leaders saying, hey, this is all fun. I'm happy. But that yes. wasn't the experience of their people. Well, and that's another point. The reason I do, you know, I, I, I've never called myself a, my, I've never called myself a happiness researcher, but I do use that a lot. I did that because when I moved here 20 years ago from Texas, I came here with nothing but like a hundred dollars. That's my short story. And I got it. Um, I owned my first business when I moved out here, it was a mortgage and real estate company. We made so much money, by the way, we weren't happy. 
And, <laughs> and I was around surrounded by people again in Southern California. There's, there's a lot of new money. There's people that have boats and houses and fancy cars. Um, I used to have that too. Um, and I would ask them, uh, you know, are you happy? And the answer was no. I was like, you have this and that, and you're not happy. Like when I was a little girl, I would have been like, that would make me happy. So that, that was one of the reasons I wrote skip a step. That's one of the reasons why I, I know that having a lot of money does not make you happy. We know that we hear that. We know that we hear that throughout our life. It's, it's the, the rewards and purposes of what you're doing. And some people don't can go through life. Not ever knowing, not ever knowing what their purpose is. They, they may not know because they're, they just haven't, they've been afraid to explore that. Um, And I wish that what I'm saying today, I would have known when I moved here, you know, I probably wouldn't have had a mortgage and real estate company. Of course, mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Well, I think a lot and, of people- And I've had, I, I got to- I'm sorry, go ahead. And, you know, and, and I, you know, I got to travel. I got to go to places in Hawaii. Never thought I'd see Hawaii. I, I, I got to do a lot. So, and I can look back saying as much as I got to go on, on exotic vacations, and all these different things. I meet people in media. Uh, again, I saw a lot of unhappiness. Money does yeah. not buy happiness. Hmm. So as you were talking, the thing that I'm, I may be leaving this conversation with today is separating, not because they're separate, but looking at fun and happiness and playfulness is all three different things. There, There's an interrelationship. Mm-hmm. Like I could say, I'm, I could say there's certain things I do that are fun that you wouldn't say are fun. And that's okay. Right. right? And I, we could all say we're happy doing things that we like or love, but that's not the same as having fun. Right. And it's not the same as being playful. And Mm -hmm. I think back to even, this is probably about less than 10 years ago. I remember this moment. I was walking to a baseball game with my girlfriend at the time. And it had been raining. It wasn't raining, but it, it had rained. So there was puddles everywhere. And <laughs> I was walking to the game with some friends, all adults. And I went up and jumped in this big ass puddle. <laughs> and they looked at me and said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I looked at them and said, I'm jumping in a puddle because that's what puddles are for. <laughs> and I think they were troubled by that. Like, that <laughs> what are you doing? You're getting us wet. It just called to me. And to me, that was playful. Yep. That was fun. And I certainly felt happy. So I had all three right there. <laughs> well, I think oftentimes we we are following somebody else's pattern for our lives, whether it's intentional or unintentional, whether it's our parents or whether it's a role model that we've been following. And I just exhort the the listeners to get some courage take a little bit of time and figure out what you really want. What is going to make you happy? What is it that's going to help you have fun doing the work that you do and giving back and and creating an impact in the society? Yeah, I, yes, go do it. I know that it's, 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 it doesn't mean you're going to have it all the time. I mean, I, (laughs) I, you know, life is up and down week by week. There's no manual to this thing called life. I've learned that there's no manual to perfect parenting. I've learned that. And we all are doing the best we can. And it's, it's so important to have goals for what you want to do year after year. And, and, you know, the last I saw, um, we're all living longer. 10,000 people are turning 65 each and every day. 
We're all living longer. So if you're going to live longer, do you want to live longer with happiness? And what's going to entail <laughs> that? Health? You know, maybe travel is right. important to you. Maybe you want to create a, do a new hobby, singing. All of that, all, I would say to you, as if you were the child, you should do what makes you happy. Yes. Do Go do it. What's stopping you from doing it? Well, I, my closing comment or question to what comes out here, Lisa, is, and Craig just talked about, we're living with these old patterns. And it seems to me that one thing you're doing with the kids is you're inviting them to forget the patterns. Yes. Yes. That, that they can create. They're, they don't have to play. They don't have to do it the way it's always been done in somebody else's right. pattern. So I think, cute, you know, you know, kudos to you. Yes. For the work with kids, but also helping kids because they get patterns the same way I have patterns. Yeah. And getting them early to break those patterns. I think it'll, I judge it'll make a real difference and have a positive impact. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So excited for all this information to come out to more people. I can't wait to share the show. Thank you for having me, gentlemen, on your wonderful show. Very thought provoking. So, uh, so Lisa, uh, we always give our guests an opportunity to highlight or promote something at the um, end of the episode. What is that for you today? What do you want to highlight? Yeah, I want to to share that everyone to please watch on Amazon TV. It's also an app on an app on Kids B TV. Um, Unicorn Jazz presents the thing I do. You will see the puppets come to life. You will see happiness. And whether you have children or not, you'll have fun. It's five short episodes, like around 20 minutes each. You can type it in, you know, your Amazon, Unicorn Jazz presents the thing I do. It supports the work I do out um, with um, with children. There's kid actors in it. Um, you'll I do the voice of Unicorn Jazz puppet. I'm not that great, but this is a homegrown show. But it, it as you see it come together, I invite you to to think like god i i could do that i could do this part there's a uh, my son who's 31 he's a nurse he plays the voice of Ziki. there's a game show with him super funny this guy this puppet a zebra corn and just honestly I, I i was all created since the pandemic and i had the time to create something and it was going to make me happy to create something for for other people including kids and um I, I, that's what I would encourage you to watch and then have an open mind to what would you, what would you share? What, cause it's called the thing I do. So what would your thing I do be after you watch it? <laughs> so we'll, we'll highlight that Lisa, how do people get in touch with you? It's easy. Go to unicornjazz.com. I'm Lisa Caprelli. I can be followed on all the social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Um, very easy to connect with. And I welcome um, continuing to grow year after year and, and being um, that spokesperson um, for other people that are, are doing great work in the world, especially for the younger generation. Love it. Love it. So we always wrap up with a couple of questions, Lisa. I, I got to ask this of you because you've written 18 books. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the what's the one book of all the books ever written that you would say people need to read? help and give back. It just came out. It's on Amazon. It's a paperback. It's on Kindle. There's a song called help and give back, help and give back. What can you do? You can help and give back. You open your heart. I'm not the singer. Um, it's sung by a kid actress, Emily Isabel, who's also, Isabel, who's also on the thing I do show. Um, help and give back is, well, I know that I will forever um, 
that will be my answer. It's always my be simple, but I think for life, helping give back is going to be one of my favorite books because it's it's the message I talked about throughout this this show. It's about the importance of helping and giving back. It makes you happy. You help others. We should all do it. Love it. And the other one, because it's one of our fun questions, is tell us about the movie, television show, or some scene or character that speaks to you about leadership. Um, I like um, I like the movie um, Stand and Deliver. It's an older movie, but it and it is about a teacher, and it's about um, you know empowering students to to change their perspective. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. And to become something else that they are versus the typecast that they are. Yeah, that's a great movie. Is that Edward James almost? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lisa, thank you for being here. And more importantly, thanks for the work you do with kids. Yes. And I'm going to just say for me personally, thank you for reminding me to be have more fun <laughs> and to be more playful in order to be more happy. Thank you for that. Well, That's thank right. you. And anytime you want to share any kind of puppet skit or the thing I do after you watch it, I would love to spotlight you guys. <laughs> yeah, awesome. great. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, Thanks. bye. Thank you, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to your favorite podcasting app, rate us, give us some comments, share some love. It helps us to get our message out to more people. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the Leadership Junkies podcast and you want to grow your leadership, we have a new course for you called Become a Confident Leader. In this course, we will share some of the keys to becoming more confident in your leadership and also to become more impactful. Go to cartavera.com slash confident to find out more. See you on the inside. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.